Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Hi, it's uh, Chris Howard here from Lace Partners. I am uh, joined on the HR on the Offensive podcast today by our managing director and co-founder, Aaron Aubrey. Hello. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, Aaron and I decided that we wanted to have a cheeky little glass of red wine because uh, it's the end of the day on a Wednesday. But actually, what we're more interested in talking about is a bit of... Um, AI and blockchain. And this is a, tub, a subject mm. which I'm particularly interested in as well from a marketing perspective. But um, I'm really interested to talk to you about it from a HR perspective as well. So I look at AI, blockchain, how can it impact the marketing industry? And obviously from us as a business, mm. how it impacts it. But I think it's a really interesting topic. And you talked about it in a, in a podcast that we wrote um, uh, at the beginning of this year, which talks about trends for 2020. Yeah. Before we all go, go into that, Probably a good idea for me to get you to explain who you are and uh, and what you do. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Um, as you say, uh, always helps a last nice glass of red wine. But um, so um, as Chris mentioned, I, I helped form with my business partner Kathy uh, Lace Partners just over five years ago. We just had our birthday, and um, our specialty is HR and HR transformation. Really getting the most out of your HR function, making sure that's as effective as possible in driving the success of your business. That's really what we're aiming for. So that's everything from strategy and operating models all the way through to the right tech, uh, but also making sure people use it in the right way uh, and not just technologies, but process policy uh, and capabilities. So a whole raft of different things, but all focused around that HR space. Um, I've personally been in this area for 25 years. Uh, and one of the reasons I think I've sustained that is just because it's ever changing. Mm. Uh, and because it's about people, because it's at the heart of the organization, I think, the technology area in particular has always got to stay ahead. It's always looking for the next thing. It's looking to improve itself all the years. And, and I, I always found that really exciting, hence why I'm still here. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we're going to dive right into it. Mm. Um, I'm going to have, I'm going to give you a confession. Um, I have read three separate pieces about blockchain and I'm still not 100% exactly what it is. So I'm interested to get your view on how um, and if I'm if I'm a HR professional listening to this podcast now, you know, how is blockchain going to affect me and my company? And particularly, how how should what, what should I be thinking about as a HR professional in this space? Right. Yeah, sure. A lot of questions at you there. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, Start it's, with it's, blockchain. It's a, a very good question about blockchain because yeah. I listen to the webinars on blockchain and the discussions on blockchain. And I think you could spend hours explaining the technicality of it. But in essence, right, what blockchain is, is a certified way, a guaranteed way to know that the information you are looking at is correct. It's been validated. Mm. And that's done over a network, a blockchain network. It was built to support cryptocurrencies and all the online currency environments as a way of ensuring that the trade you were doing wasn't fraudulent, mm. that it was real. Um, and so the technology itself is quite sophisticated. The way of making it work is sophisticated. But from an HR perspective, if you're thinking, okay, someone's now talking to me about blockchain and we'll come on to this, but the big system houses are now talking about it as part of what they're gonna do in the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. The oracles, the work days, the SAPs. 
And, and one of the reasons they're talking about it is because it's going to so it will radically change this. And, and, and I suppose the way to think about it as an HR professional is at the moment, when you hire someone, you have to phone find where they got their education from. You've got to go and check their certifications. You might need to check certain things like, are they qualified to drive a forklift, right? Okay. Yeah. Those sorts of stuff. Um, you do background checks. You pay lots of money to do background checks. Um, and it's quite a slowing up process in your ability to find talent. Um, blockchain potentially will allow people to carry their certified information with them with an effect, a lock around it that says this is real and it has been certified once and it is correct and it has not been tampered with. And right. that means that the, now when people go there, it is trusted data. So you as an individual take it with you and you as the company that receives that individual in doesn't necessarily need to do that level of background checks. Mm -hmm. um, now, the interesting thing is, and we'll talk about this in a bit, one of the reasons this has been slow to take off is that that requires a network of people that trust the others in the network. And, and for a while, when people have been pioneering in this space, as pioneers typically are, they're quite alone, and therefore they're not in a network, and that there's been a barrier um, to, to blockchain. But really, to keep it simple, it's about making sure you trust the information that's being presented to you. It will speed processes up, and it will make things easier. That was, the, I guess, that's the big thing that was popping, whizzing around in my head. There, I was mm. thinking actually, if you can speed up that process of um, validating the data on an individual, particularly at the recruitment, so in the time to hire stage, you know, you are talking about really reducing that time to hire massively. Yeah, and, and you know, we 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 see it as a long process in non-regulated environments. You step through the regulation pyramid, if you like, and you go into banking and financial services, that gets a little bit more onerous. You start working in government and certain government branches or start working in certain areas, environments where maybe you're working with children, for example, etc. Then every time you have to go and get recertified. Mm -hmm. Now, no one's saying that's going to change overnight, right? Uh, it's going to take a, a while and that process will have to be proven. But very shortly, I think we will start to see that process change mm -hmm. and over the next four to five years become main mainstream. And that will significantly change the time to hire people. It will significantly change um, some of the certifications and retraining that you need to do around individuals. Mm. And that can only be a good thing for business. It can only be a good thing for finding talent. Yeah. Okay. So let's focus on these the big providers then. Because if I'm mm. a, again, if I'm a HRD and I'm thinking, well, we've got Oracle or we've got a Workday or an SAP SuccessFactors or any of the other yes. types of providers, and you've just said, actually, they're all looking at it. The first thing I'm thinking in my head is, well, how long, uh, you know, are we talking about updates happening soon? Is this something that they're talking yeah. about? It? What's the sort of time frame? Yeah, so um, it's really interesting because I think Workday at, uh, were the first to bring this to market and, and, and talk about it um, at their recent Rising conference, mm. um, just, uh, just the end of last year. Um, and they are the first of the large HR software companies to talk actively about building blockchain into their community. And, and I think the important thing to understand here is what does that mean? It means it's an initial first step. Right, so we know that the software companies don't necessarily like each other, they're competition for each other. But what it does mean is if you're in the Workday community, um, you could potentially, once they release blockchain, you will be potentially able to share information or your, rather your employee who owns their information will be able to share that if they move to another Workday client. Wow. So 
that means that they can take that certification with them. And again, that improves that process. Now, very shortly afterwards, the other houses, Oracle in particular, came forward and said they were going to do the same. I expect that's probably 18 months to two years away before it's reality. Um, but we'll see how that goes. And as well, there's going to be first adopters with all of this kind of stuff. And you know, one of the things will have to be, as an organization, if you're on one of those platforms and you get that nice functionality release, you've got to decide when you want to use it, when do you want to engage it, how many of your peers need to be using it before you decide that the risk is worth taking and so mm -hmm. on. So that there will be a, a steady uh, take up. In the same way, we saw very quickly people go from, should I be in the cloud? Oh my goodness, the security, what do we, what do, we do? To which cloud being the discussion. Yeah, uh, That was a very short period. It was a two year really window, two to three year window. Um, I think we'll see the same with the blockchain now that now the big software houses are accepting that this is a ground a ground a, a changer for the for the marketplace. So then, so the the big the big players are looking at that at the moment. Yes. Um, in terms of twenty twenty, is there any kind of bits of advice that you or, or things that you think? Again, I'm playing the devil's advocate card of being yeah. an HR director here. Is there anything I need to be doing? Is it just that I need to be familiarizing myself with terminology? Is it about, do I need to ask questions of the provider that I've got? What sort of things? And obviously we're gonna, yeah, uh, yeah. Spoil, a spoiler alert, <laughs> um, plug alert, or you could be talking to less partners. Um, yes. yeah. That's my Shakespearean aside there. Um, but what, 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 what can I do as a HRD right now in 2020? What, what sort of? Bits of snippet of advice could, could you give me? I think the first thing I'd try and do is understand just how how much of an impact is certification having in your core process? Mm. Is it significantly slowing down your ability to bring talent into your organization in critical roles? Um, is it causing you delays in allowing you to deploy talent on projects so through a training perspective? So understand that first, understand whether this is something you need. Right. The second is to start looking at your main provider and talk to your customer support manager, whoever that is, whether that's your Workday One, Oracle, SAP, and start understanding what, what this actually means. Because mm. right. there's a lot of rhetoric around this space and there are some big sweeping statements out there about embracing this, but it will take time mm. and you need to understand what that actually means for you and also what the commitment is mm. around doing that and whether there's any additional cost to doing it. Um, our understanding is in most of the providers that will be uh, will be limited, but I think you need to still understand how that will progress. Mm. And do you block? So we've talked obviously in this podcast we wanted to talk about blockchain. I've, I've mm. focused on that, but let's now flip over to the AI side. Yes, um, yes. Give us a bit of a sort of a twenty twenty flavor of mm. the things that you think um, people need to be thinking about with regards to artificial intelligence. It's interesting because I think AI, Chris, is, is one of these things where um, everyone misuses the term, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting. I just finished reading a book on it, uh, which um, is an academic book, but yeah, an easy to read academic book, clearly, um, around AI and, and, and its impact and the journey over the last 40 years in the search for AI. And, and its conclusion is we're still a long way away from real AI. Mm -hmm. So don't worry, Terminator's not coming. We're not going to. Really, Skynet any minute soon, <laughs> but machine learning and targeted AI around specific tasks is very much with us now, right? Yeah. So, and I think um, there's a few things where we're really seeing that, right? So, recruitment is one, mm -hmm. but also interestingly, enabling technologies. And what we mean by enabling technologies are things like case management, things like your knowledge base navigation, 
how what policy applies to me, what doesn't apply to me. Now, interestingly, if you looked at this market a couple of years ago, in that space in particular, there were lots of emerging new technologies. In the last two years, what we've seen is the main providers of case management software, the likes of ServiceNow, NeoCase, Zendesk, etc., PeopleDoc, they are all building that into their core offering. Mm. It is just a given with buying that platform that you will gain some level of AI engine in the background to help you navigate complex policy environments, retrieve information in the right way. Um, so that market has changed quite radically. So actually, what you know, our advice to people in this space around enabling technologies and AI is, you know, understand case management tools, understand if you have the best version and latest version, and really understand how are you leveraging the best out of their their new offerings around the AI space because that could. Well, not even could, will improve your user experience, improve the engagement of people around understanding their information in the HR systems. Yeah. I think the um, the second area for AI emerging, and I'm going to come on to a third one, which is slightly different, but the second area is resourcing. Yeah. Um, and this has been around for a while. So people talking about AI and resourcing, and don't worry, you don't have to talk to a recruiter ever again. Ever again, yeah. Right, you know, chatbot will be... Uh, will be there. And all the up. information that you're Exactly. It's got enough AI. Yeah. You don't need it. It'll just do it for you. Well, you know, that's uh, that's in partly true. Um, but I think where where most people have got to, and, and there's a lot of discussions out there about this, is, is a hybrid model, right? You can't do resourcing 100% just on AI. Well, you can, but you have to completely trust the algorithm. And, and most people won't, don't, etc. I trust the algorithms for shortlisting candidates. So hybrids, uh, where it's a combination of leveraging machine learning and AI algorithms to get to a, 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 a shorter list of candidates to allow you then to apply some level of human interaction, those are becoming quite normal. Uh, and I think that has become one of the biggest um, changes um, in the resourcing space, using that AI to do that. Um, that then brings me on, I suppose, to the third area. And I think this is unfortunately... Uh, the flip side of this new technology, and I'm sure we'll see the same emerge around blockchain uh, as that starts to mature. Um, and, and in the AI space, what we're starting to see is both the European uh, legislation, a bit controversial with Brexit, et cetera, but also the British legislation um, start to solidify and catch up with the technology. And what I mean by that is there are now regulations and requirements coming into place on the back of GDPR that mean that you need to understand as an employer your accountability when you deploy some form of AI engine in it, in whether it's selection, whether it's in um, performance management, etc. Um, and you need to understand your accountability should that go wrong. Mm. So um, we do uh, work with a number of law firms uh, in this space uh, of helping clients. And this is really emerging. There's not much case law yet. But we will see, I think, over the next couple of years, case law emerge where people uh, are challenging potential bias appearing in some of the AI engines, uh, under, uh, challenging whether you know why they have been deselected from a recruitment process. That's the most typical space, um, and, and really want to get under the skin of what what has happened. And I think, as an employer, unfortunately, as an employer, it would appear from the legislation as it's emerging. But that accountability is not going to lie with the software you've bought, but probably going to lie with yourself. So mm. you know, a couple of things to think about. 
do your contracts allow you to pass that liability back to the provider? Uh, do you understand the algorithms you bought? And <laughs> are you, you know, you just bought a black box and I told you it's doing some algorithms, well, that's nice, but do you actually understand what that means and, and what, it, what it means in terms of how they leverage that information? Uh, the regulation would appear to be going far enough to actually start to explain what is acceptable um, from a regulatory perspective around programming your AI. Mm. You know, so what's the test data you should use versus live data to avoid dump bias, et cetera, and have you followed that? Now, this is all so emerging in this space that a lot of our clients haven't seen this or thought about this yet. So as well as the exciting bit of AI about making life easier uh, and making a much better experience for people, there is always the risk flip side to this. And I think people need to get closer to understanding that yeah. um, and really getting under that skin of that legislation. Yeah. And if you think about it from the, um, if we talk the resourcing or the, 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 even the recruitment side of it. So you've got somebody that is trying, is giving their information or starting to talk to a machine learning chatbot, for example, mm. and they're just giving information um, at that point at which they, you know, they're tell they're talking to the machine about it and they know that they're talking to the machine about it. But how many of those people actually know that every single uh, interaction that they have could potentially be recorded and do they then consent to that? So that's a, a question mark, I guess, as you talked about it. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I think in some ways, um, if you are dealing with, in particular, if you're dealing with just a UK business, um, we're not dodged a bullet, but certainly GDPR, this is where GDPR actually helps. Mm. Right? That, that personal ownership, accountability for your data, the checking you have to do around the use of data, etc. I think that's really helping this marketplace uh, in regulating, regulating that type of environment. Mm. Uh, I think when you start looking uh, outside of that regulated environment, it gets a little bit more woolly. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, our perspective is you need to be you need to be open and transparent with employees. That's our advice, right? You know, if it's a machine, let them know it's a machine, right? Um, let them know what you're storing the data for. Let them know where you're putting it. I mean, yeah, the, if you go to a financial um, services organization and you uh, are talking to people on a help desk, you always get the notification that says this might be recorded for training purposes, etc. Mm -hmm. There's no reason why that should that sort of standard should not apply into the HR and employee space, similar sort of thing. Mm. So yeah, no, I think it's interesting. I think the lines are blurring and uh, quite often you can't tell. It's uh, clear in the HR space, you know, recruitment, the digitization of recruitment was great, but it caused some problems. Yeah. Right? It just made information so much more available. It made um, jobs um, much more available to a much broader population. Great, you see more talent. But also you get you go from having a couple of hundred applicants to thousands of applicants and you have to deal with that. Yeah. Hence why these these bots, the the AI engines, et cetera, are particularly useful in that space because it narrows it down. But you just have to be sure you understand what goes on in, inside that. And um, you need to get into the into the head of what's going on in there. You need to understand the the algorithms that work there. Mm. Um, but you know, it's here to stay, it's only gonna grow. Um, I think, you know, the exciting bit around sort of all the AI stuff is that actually, as always, it reduces the mundane stuff and allows you to focus on the more, um, the more strategic or challenging stuff. Mm. Um, okay, cool. Um, just one more question mm, before we, yes. um, we wrap up and I don't want to sound like harbinger of doom or anything like that, mm. but, um, if, um, what, what's the implications or how long would it be if, again, I put myself in the hypothetical HRD perspective, mm -hmm. um, 
if I do nothing, what, how long will it be before I'm thinking, oh dear, I'm way behind my competitors here, do you think? Because what we're talking about is you've got the early adopters, but then you've got most businesses are now, you know, embedding blockchain or AI for their HR processes in place. How, what do you think the implications are and time frame do you think it potentially is before I'm the H, hypothetical HRD that sat at my desk thinking, yeah. oh, oh sugar, I'm massively, I'm behind the curve here. It was really interesting reading that book recently, uh, one of the things that, that, about AI. One of the things it, it concluded was that um, most AI researchers are incredibly good at predicting step changes that coincide with the date they retire. Um, <laughs> so that, yeah, they are out of academia, therefore everything's going to change and step change. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's, it's very hard to call. I think the one thing that I've always been, I've always come to the conclusion of this, this takes longer than you think, mm. right? Um, and you're right, they're early adopters. Um, but I do think there are some significant changes, as we talked about at the start of this, this discussion, mm. where the big software companies are embracing this, whether that be chatbots around uh, the, the enabling tech or whether that be blockchain in the big software companies, uh, the HR software companies. Those things are, are quite significant shifts. And as a result, I think this will only accelerate. Um, two to five years is not a bad window to start thinking this starts becoming mainstream. And I think the interesting thing was in the old days with HR technology, when it was on premise, you would have to wait. You'd have to wait five to 10 years to get enough funds to do a big upgrade and get a new piece of tech. Mm -hmm. Now we're in the cloud, that tech's getting pushed towards you. So actually the timing on this is faster because it get pushed to you earlier. Yep. Um, the thing that slows it down is your ability as a business to absorb the change. When are you ready to take that piece of functionality and use it in anger? Mm. Um, no, and I think um, some organizations clearly will be much more ready for that. Um, but I, th I think that whole concept of functionality being pushed to you uh, means that the adoption of these new pieces of technology, once they're in the mainstream, becomes much, much faster. Cool. Well, thank you very, very much. Um, really, really appreciate a bit of your time. Thank um, you for the wine. <laughs> um, if you'd like to subscribe, please do so via um, iTunes or the usual channels that you get your podcasts. Um, uh, again, it's Chris Howard and Aaron Albury. Aaron, thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you on the next HR on the Offensive podcast. Thanks, Chris. Cheers.